0: Music Business, What Is This?, is a podcast that focuses on the ever-changing music industry and presents issues and concerns that the average and above-average musician has or will encounter. Hey, everybody. I'm Richard Johnson. I'm Jeremiah Hunt. And we're here. This is Music Business. What is this? Today, we're going to be talking about how do you choose your musicians? Hmm. That's right. Everyone has different criteria, but we want to talk about what are those criteria and what's involved? Because we all have different criteria, yep. right? And we don't want to leave anyone out. And someone may have some ideas that you've never considered. Mm. All right. So, how do you choose your musicians?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I think the first thing that comes to mind is well, for a lot of musicians, can this person play?
0: Right. Right. Generally, mm-hmm. that's what we all think. Can they play? Mm-hmm. And then, musician terms is like does that do they make you go wow right (laughs) right are they great at what they do right because there's a lot of people who play but they don't really play right right (laughs) it's like how how do you say the word it's like oh they can play right (laughs) right somebody's like oh really okay i need to hire them and then there's the yeah they can play Mm. complete different Sentiment. Right. Right. All exactly. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, can they play? So what is required when someone can play? Uh, that's a actually
1: it's a pretty broad thing for me. Mm-hmm. I th- it, it depends on how diverse or how open are you as far as um, the music that you listen to and the music that you can play. Mm. you know it, are you only a jazz musician do you play funk as well
0: mm-hmm. what type of styles do you know how to play okay that's, so that's, that's a valid look that. point if you have a gig like what is the style of the gig mm. you know earlier in a podcast we talked about what tools does this person have in their bag right i think that's a crucial element into picking someone mm. if this person can play 300 different tumbaos or montunos On the piano and it's a Latin gig, I'm probably going to call them first. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if they only know 10, mm, if the gig calls for salsa, I don't know. Yeah. Right. So it's not a personality thing, but it may be what's required for the gig. Right. You know, so for me, it's can they play? Is it the wow factor? Wow factor. But it's also about do they know the style? Yeah. You know, um, if they're playing a different variety of styles, for instance, if we're doing a um, a jobbing gig, as mm. they say, you know, you may be asked to play. Hey, I want a song from the 1980s, an R&B tune. Mm. Right. So you have to understand what's required of that. Right. Uh, on the same gig, someone might say, hey, we want a salsa tune. Mm. Right. So they have to understand basically what's required of that on the same gig. You're probably going to play happy birthday or happy anniversary (laughs) for somebody. Right. And then have to turn around and then play why they eat. So they probably want some jazz (laughs) in the background. Yeah. You know, so that set of tools is going to be different for everyone. But that person who understands the rudiments of those different styles can provide that. You know, so making that choice of who's best for this gig um, may be easier depending on who's available. True. Yeah. I mean, everybody's not always available. And so you have to pick the best of who's left sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just what it is. And we all understand that. But there's nothing like that gig when you get all the cats on it that you want. Everybody who you want. Yeah, Then, (laughs) then you're excited, you know it's gonna be popping, you're like, yeah, I'm waiting for this. In that situation, you could be playing in the middle of traffic, and cats would still be happy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because the band they're playing with is what they're hearing, and they know they can deliver. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's one of the aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, What's another aspect that you consider when choosing your musician? Um, punctuality. Punctuality, yes. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't want to say that's above the wow factor, but it depends on the gig, actually. Right. I, I wanna say the musicality is first, but at the same time, you know, if, if it's a jobbing gig or something that's very corporate and they're like, We need music from one fifteen to one thirty five and that's it. They've got to be on time. Right. There's no option. And a lot of these jobbing gigs, you have to remember, too, it's not a stage mm-hmm. setting or environment. Mm-hmm. So we're loading in through a loading dock right. in a building yeah. that's an office building. And we have to get in an in a access elevator mm-hmm. in the back. So I remember doing this gig with a drummer friend of ours, a great mm-hmm. drummer. Um, and just getting into the venue took about 30 minutes. Mm. Just getting in because of the parking ramp, then walking across the parking ramp with my equipment mm. and then finding the right elevator, <laughs> taking it up, I, I think it was four or five floors and then having to walk across the whole hotel. Was it downtown? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, this this is literally maybe as long as the gig. once i include leaving Mm. you know because you have your equipment thing. so the time issue
1: yeah
0: i mean that's that's crucial because when you're playing for these companies these job and gigs there is no okay we can delay or push it back it's not like a club venue
1: yeah
0: when a company's hiring you for an office event Mm -hmm. they usually have a planner and there's a time schedule and they look at that joint like it's clockwork absolutely right so I love those gigs, yeah. Because generally, those gigs are short,
1: mm-hmm.
0: pay a lot, and you're in and out. Yeah, they're, they usually don't have questions about parking. That they, they usually take care of all of that because it. they're used to doing that for their employees. Yeah. But the one thing you cannot do is show up late, right? And usually, that requires you getting there excessively early. Mm -hmm. Right. Those gigs, generally the playing time is shorter, but because you're in a uh, in an order of a scheduled events, you have to be there way earlier because they don't want you walking in with a keyboard and an amp and a stand and a chair when they have this event going on. Right. That's a no, no. It's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> so they may say, hey, the gig is from one fifteen to one thirty-five, but we need you to be in here set up, ready to go at 11 o'clock. Mm. And you're thinking like a regular musician. Oh, that's ridiculous. But what you're not knowing or they're not telling you is that their event starts at noon. Mm. Right and there's a sound man there's other people there the caterers yeah all trying to take the same elevator Mm. so they've already thought about the amount of time it's going to take yeah so you know that time issue is crucial (laughs) you know so you have to think about that so what's another element i would say um first thing that comes to my mind
1: besides uh the punctuality is Mm -hmm. correspondence in general Mm. like when you reach out to musicians and say i chose my five musicians Mm -hmm. and I'm saying, okay, we're gonna do a tune from this album. And then, you know, I ask everyone to respond. The piano player responds and says, oh, I know this tune, I love that album. Mm -hmm. That creates a sort of dynamic already Mm because I know that this person has checked out the album. So if, if chances are he can play the album and he's gonna, the gig is gonna turn out great
0: because this, you know, we have that connection with this tune. OK, so. OK, that that leads me to ask you um, about the correspondence and responding. So. First question, <laughs> my yeah. brain is like, OK, now I've got these three questions. <laughs> the correspondence, how do you usually correspond? Uh, it just depends. So
1: I think I will reach re text message. Right, so text yeah. message, all right. When it comes from musician to musician. Musician, right, yeah. it's usually a text usually message. usually a text
0: message. Okay, so we've established that communication. Now, when you ask them about a tune, like you said, or a song,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and someone responds and says, oh, I love that, that's great, are you expecting the other three musicians to respond to that? Well, I'm
1: expecting everybody to respond. Okay.
0: To... to to the text message. Okay. Um, now, is that a, a thumbs up or is that, okay, great. Thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: As long as it's a thumbs up, then I'm cool. Cool. But I think that the uh, what brings it above and beyond is when someone has something more to say. And I think I need to get better at this too mm-hmm. with just like uh, giving my input more when it comes to bands, um, you know, if the band leaders allow it. But when cats come to me and you know talk to me about tunes and you know express how they like it or Mm -hmm. something like that it just shows me that they're into it okay and i like to have cats who are into the
0: music right so you're looking for that camaraderie camaraderie yeah because that helps you play the music and bring it to a higher level exactly yeah okay okay i totally understand that because sometimes that camaraderie isn't there sometimes it's not (laughs) yeah and that doesn't well, I don't want to say it doesn't help the music, but do you think without that response it hurts or it doesn't help the music?
1: Um, yeah, I think that it could hurt the music because without the camaraderie, there's no context. Mm. I feel like and you don't really know musically where that other person is coming from?
0: Okay, so even if this is someone you've already established a relationship with, because mm-hmm. we've established that you know these people because you sent the text, mm-hmm. so do you feel like there needs to be this extra level of camaraderie? Because there there's already a relationship there.
1: Yeah, there's a relationship, and I don't think that there should be a should be an extra level of camaraderie. But I definitely think that it helps you understand the person's musical background when they have something to say about uh, hmm. the set the set list, and you can understand more what they can do.
0: You know. Okay, so that's that works if it's a standard. What if it's an original tune? Mm. Like still, I think that you because
1: I mean with my original tunes. I feel like it still comes from somewhere. It still comes, from, like, I, I could tell someone, okay, on this part, I need you to give me a little bit more Blakey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if I'm talking to a drummer, I need you to give me some McCoy mm-hmm. on this part, if I'm talking to a piano player. And if they understand that language, it mm-hmm. tells me, like, okay, you check out what you need to, which goes back to, mm-hmm. you know, you've done your homework in this style of music. So I'm going to hire you for this gig.
0: OK, so when someone doesn't respond, what does does that put a premonition in your mind or because I've been on text chains like all of us and, <laughs> you know, everybody responds. Sometimes I've gotten these messages. I'm in big bands and it's like 15 different people and then the manager, the booking manager is like 22 people on this text. Do you feel obligated? Okay, everybody's like, cool, great, thumbs up, love it, like it. At that point, after you've seen 15 of them, do you feel obligated to respond? As the band leader? No. Or as you're, the musician? Yeah, you're the, the musician in the group. I respond as soon
1: as I can. Okay. Yeah. I've always felt obligated to respond. If I'm being hired for the gig, mm-hmm. I need to let the band leader know, just for their comfort, that I know what's going on. Okay. You know. And I would expect that from the musicians that I hire too. If the gig is already confirmed and if, you know, we're mm-hmm. all on the same page.
0: Okay. Interesting. So
1: if I'm if I'm t- if I'm sending out a text message mm-hmm. and say, "Hey cats, all right, this is what's going on. This is the set list. I need to know if we can rehearse this, you know, this time and everyone responds, "Okay, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool." And there's one person that doesn't respond,
0: mm-hmm. then I that you know. Well I can see in that situation because you're talking about a rehearsal right. like we need to get together Right. but in the context of these are the eight songs we're doing on this gig let's say you send them out at once mm. everybody gives a thumbs up or whatever okay but say you s- send out a text that says hey I want to add um, Susie jumps the fence this song to the to the set list, are you expecting a response from everybody? Or is that enough? I put it in the text. That's enough. Okay, that's yeah. that's what I'm trying to get to because even myself, I generally do respond, but I got to be honest, n- not 100% of the time, mm-hmm. especially if there's um, 20 other cats on the chain Yeah. And it's something that's an addition, but I I do ask that because I've been in situations where people say, "Oh, I miss that one." Mm. Like when you have a bunch of people on a thread, right. it's easy to miss something because you say, "Oh, it's just text again, okay?" True. Or you're in the middle of doing something. So that's why I ask, what is your process to responding to that text message? You know, because sometimes for me, that's enough. Yeah, and I think people who know me generally are going to be like oh he's got it mm-hmm. that's at least that's what they tell me mm-hmm. but then there's other people they're like i'm not sure if they've got it and that's usually because they've seen them in other situations with other bands and they're like oh i didn't see that tune on the text i didn't miss it or that wasn't in the main thread or there's blah 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 and i've heard that a bunch right so that's why i wanted to talk about this this under how do you choose your musicians Mm. because if you see that go down on a gig even though it's not your gig it still puts in your mind okay they missed that one is that typical of their personality Mm. if it is that's going to go into your decision right (laughs) is that a pattern is that a pattern exactly if it's one time you're like oh man this, this cat never misses he knows okay probably just missed that one it's right just not their reputation mm. you know and to me that goes back into the time issue some people are just always early or always on time yeah you know when i was in the uh, monk institute now the herbie hancock institute ron carter would always say you, you gotta be early and mm. to this day he still shows up if a gig starts at eight he shows up and is ready to go at the latest six at the latest set up and ready Everything. So whenever all the cats are work walking in an hour early, he's already been there chilling. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've seen it. Mm-hmm. You know. So everybody has this different conception of time. Yeah. You know. And his philosophy was anything could happen. He said, "Yeah, I just live uptown, but it could be an accident. I might have to do another, go another route. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna be late for this gig right. due to my own concerns." Mm-hmm. All right. So that's why I wanted to ask the question about. You know the text and is it necessary to respond and and how do you determine that Right. <laughs> you know because right. some people just say oh i i pick my musicians because they they wore the right shoes right. or they wore my favorite oh i love that blah 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 okay it's not gonna help the music may help the people looking it right. may be good for your social media profile <laughs> you know if they're not listening but how you pick those musicians uh, will ultimately affect you good or bad yeah okay another criteria Anything else? Are they going to learn the music? Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's a big one. (laughs) That's a big one. Yeah. It's not just can they play? Because I I use this phrase all the time. There's plenty of people who can play. And I mean play that are playing alone in their basement. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And learning the music is crucial. Yeah. Now, when you say learning the music, what does that mean for you? Uh, practicing the music on your own
1: um, and making sure you just have a general understanding of how the music is to be played. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that a bunch of different ways. I feel like uh, it's the band leader's responsibility to have some sort of context You know, if they want it, if they want the music played a certain way, Mm -hmm. which means that you have to send out a recording or sheet music Mm -hmm. or both. And so, you know, so that the musician can learn what they need to learn.
0: Yeah. Checking out the music, I think, has different levels Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Me personally, when I get it. uh, I feel as though I'm pretty thorough. Most people say thank you for checking out the music because mm-hmm. I'll go through it to the point where I've almost got to memorize in general when I have the time I, I, I don't want to be that weak link on the bandstand that's <laughs> just my own personality even though I may be because I'm always trying to play with the best people Right, but I don't want that to be out of neglect for the music mm. Um, so yeah going over the music preparing it um, so that I know you know what's coming so when picking other musicians i'm hoping they can do that now you know it depends on how much they're working everybody doesn't have the same amount of time right it also depends on how many tunes it is but there has to be some investment in it yeah Um. especially when the charts are not clear right Right. That means sitting down and listening to it and looking at it. A lot of times that will answer a lot of questions. Mm. Some people will, won't do that and they have the time and they'll just show up and be like trying to figure it out in rehearsal. And it's like, oh, mm. OK, so that goes into your concept of what is a rehearsal. Mm. Right. And that's a, another podcast we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about. But, um, yeah, picking musicians is I don't want to say it's a tricky thing, but it's based on who's available. Yeah. Um, pins on the gig. Depends on the venue, sometimes,
1: mm.
0: um, and yeah, we want somebody who can play. Yeah, you know, and sometimes that may be what we want, but sometimes that may not be what we need. Mm. Right? Every gig is different. Right. Having the wild wow factor on background music at a gig that pays a lot may not be what you want. Yeah. If you know that person's going to go in on every gig, yeah, th- that may not be the time for that. Right.
1: And I, I generally speaking, um, I see myself as uh, someone who just likes to grow. Like I like to have musicians around me that's going to help me grow. Mm-hmm. So I say I like to be the uh, weak, even if it's my group, <clears throat> I like to be the weakest link. Like mm-hmm. I want everyone to be on their stuff, mm-hmm. and I'd rather be the weakest link. That way, I don't have to yell at nobody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> be like, okay, it's on me.
1: And yeah, and then I can. That gives me, you know, incentive to step my game up because it's my group. Who wants to be sounding like garbage on their own yeah. gig?
0: Yeah. Well, you, if you get the right cats, you know they're gonna come hard and be ready. Right. So that's good for you, but it's also could be bad it could be yeah (laughs) and
1: then like you were saying like you don't want to have everyone there you know outshining you in the sense that like if it's your band you know generally you like to have cats that you can bring up Mm -hmm. as well and not just like everyone on you you know the same level or whatever Mm -hmm. because you have to have that space where you can you know make room for yourself to shine
0: exactly exactly so i agree with that um yeah so that's how you pick your musician's One last thing I want to say is I have a little funny story. Mm. I did this tour. It was an all-star group. Amazing. Um, Maybe seven or eight years ago. Cats were killing. It was a quintet. And I recommended um, a bass player. And um, nice guy. And he, we were out for about a week. Didn't bring much luggage. He just brought a backpack. Not a carry-on, but a backpack. Mm -hmm. And we all saw that. And we were going city to city in a van. So after the third day, it started to smell a little funky in the van. (laughs) And I wasn't the leader. And the leader was straight to the point and pretty I don't want to say ghetto, he's not ghetto, but he's just straight to the point. Yeah. <laughs> and Kat was like, yo, did you take a shower? Because <laughs> right? we all have separate hotel rooms. And he was like, yeah, of course, Yeah, I took a shower. Did you change? Because <laughs> we've been seeing the same clothes in the van every day. And he was like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> i'm good <laughs> all right that wasn't the response we expected i bring that story up just to say i like musicians who take a bath in a shower
1: <laughs> be clean yeah that's a preference for sure yes
0: <laughs> and on that note we're going to end today thank you for joining us i'm richard johnson i'm jeremiah Hunt. this is music business what is this we'll see you later peace This program is partially supported by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council Agency.